Welcome to the Coaching Minds Podcast, helping you overcome obstacles so you can reach and achieve more. Here are your hosts, Ben and Zeke. All right, welcome back to today's our final episode of season one. I'm Isaac here with Mr. Ben Carnes. What we got on the table today, Benny? Uh, what we call optimistic perfection. Um, and so champions strive for perfection. They're, they are not going to settle for average. They know why they're competing. They know what they're going to do. They know how they're going to do it. They know they're going to use goal setting so that they can really achieve at their best. But along the way, you're going to experience failure, uh, especially if you play a sport like baseball where 300 will get you in the Hall of Fame. Um, there, there are going to be times where you have to deal with failing and then we need to make sure that we stay optimistic so that we don't crush all the momentum that we've got. And again, we can kind of learn from it and move forward. Excellent stuff. So what is uh, the first step been to get us to optimistic perfection? The first step is just identifying when is it that we're getting off target? When is it that we're getting down or we're getting negative? Um, Maybe that's after you throw an interception. Maybe that's after the other team scores. Maybe that's after your teammate misses a wide open layup or something happens and you just instantly, you go negative. So if you go to mentaltrainingplan.com slash podcast, click on optimistic perfection. There's a, there's another copy of that, the focus cycle worksheet that we talked about back in episode two. And if you want to go back and print that off, more than welcome to. If you want to jot down some notes on your phone, that's cool. Um, but what we would have an athlete do is identify that event first and then write it right there in the middle where it says event. <clears throat> the second part, what do you what do you then focus on? Is it you're focused on your teammates' performance? You're focused on what this might do to the final outcome? Is it you're focused on past failure or I always do this or a time that you screwed up? or a time that a coach told you you weren't good enough, what what do you focus on? Where do you direct your attention when this event happens or has happened in the past? So go ahead and write that down in that top box there where it says focus. Next, the self-talk. We all have that little voice inside of our head. So what does yours say when this event happens? This event that gets you off tag, off target, is it you're not good enough? You don't have what it takes. This always happens. I can't believe he did that. What, what is it that causes you to, to get out of that optimistic, hey, we got this. Let's move forward mindset. And then the next part, what changes in your body do you notice? Um, I, I work with a football player who said he just feels like he boils over with energy. It's like he is just a balloon that is being pumped full of all this energy and he just has to go explode on someone or something. So do you, do you notice a change in your body? Write that down in that box. Do you notice something different with your muscles or with your energy levels or your hands or you just feel like your head is getting red hot and you're ready to explode? And then the last part, write down what, what does all of this cause Emotion-wise, you feel angry, you feel ticked off, do you feel upset? What what is it? How would you how would you describe it? Write that down in that box. And then just like we talked about back in the focus cycle episode, and that's our body's automatic reaction. That's just what system one does. And we really have to be aware of that, right? And catch it. Absolutely. I mean that's the whole that's the whole purpose of this. And like you asked earlier, 
does it matter which one of these boxes we start with? No, not at all. But when, when you identify maybe you're feeling this emotion or you're feeling this in your body or you hear this voice in your head or whatever it is, being aware that this cycle is going on is step one. And so now we can use system two and we can be intentional with how are we going to come up with an optimistic response. And so the first thing that we would have an athlete do is cross off what they were focusing on because that's not what we're going to focus on moving forward. Moving forward, we're going to focus on what's next or what's my job or what's the next step in the process or what can I control, controlling the controllables or sometimes you win, sometimes you learn. What are you going to think about instead of whatever your mind just automatically goes to? What are you going to think about and what are you going to focus on so that you can take back control? Because there is positive that can come from whatever the situation is. There, there's things that we can learn. And a lot of times you learn more from failure than you do from success. Sometimes you can get comfortable when you're successful. The second step, let, let's be intentional with our self-talk. Instead of just listening to that voice in our head, go ahead and cross off whatever you wrote down in that box. And let's write down, you know, here's what I'm going to say to myself. Here's the, here's the positive statement that I can, I will, or I'm not going to let this get to me, or I'm going to keep going no matter what. Just a little phrase that you're going to commit to that, that's going to remind you of, yeah, that may have happened, but we're going to learn from it and we're going to move on. Next one, whatever, whatever you were feeling in your body how are you going to, how are you going to deal with that? How are you going to handle that? If it's like an excess of energy, maybe you just need to take five seconds and you need to just clench your fists and let yourself be angry for a little bit, or you need to go jump up and down a little bit, get some of that energy out. Maybe it's, you need to control your heart rate a little bit. You need to do some of the deep breathing that we've talked about, or maybe you need to tighten up your muscles and then relax your muscles worked with a kid who literally the only thing that would help him when when something would really tick him off and really get him fired up and, and feeling negative and down was to just take 10 seconds and be ticked off and be upset and then come back and say, all right, now it's time to move on. And, and there's nothing wrong with that if that helps you control kind of what's going on with your body physically. And then the last part, instead of just settling for whatever this emotion is, how is this going to help you feel more positive or more in control or more confident moving forward that, yeah, we screwed up. Yeah, we lost. Yeah, I struck out. Whatever it is, but I'm going to learn from it. I'm going to move on and I'm going to be better off next time. Okay, so we, we, we all want to be perfect in whatever it is that we're doing. That's what we're striving to do. We're not doing it hoping to make mistakes. Uh, but the reality of it is, is you're not going to be perfect in everything that you do. Right. I mean, really in anything. Right. You're going to make mistakes. Uh, so why is this so important, the optimism behind all of that? Uh, go into some more about that, Ben. It's, you know, it's it's really just like some of the other things we talked about in the other sessions. If if that negativity is consuming our it's consuming our focus and it's consuming, you know, what we're thinking about and how we're talking to ourselves and it's impacting our body and we can't perform at our highest level. That's a problem. Um, but really, it goes even deeper than having an impact on us. 
it affects our teammates. And a lot of times we don't even realize um, there was a study published in Scientific World Journal that talked about oxytocin and the biopsychology of performance in team sports. And they looked at everything from football to soccer, basketball, gymnastics, cricket, table tennis, and found out that there are things that we can learn um, from biopsychology that affect directly our performance and our teammates' performance. And one of those, um, number one, was just pro-social behavior has been shown to serve an important purpose in enhancing future team performance in sport. You know, put just in, in plain everyday language, that's your behavior directly affects the future success of your team. So if you can't stay optimistic and you're going to have a pity party every time something goes bad, that's going to have a negative impact on your team. Number two, behaviors such as expression and contagion of positive emotion in sport is directly linked to greater performance in various achievement settings. Again, this, this isn't just sports. This is life in general. Positive emotion is contagious, and it'll help you perform at a higher level, and it'll help your teammates and the people around you perform at a higher level. Number three, neuroscientific research has shown that these positive social interactions are linked to the neuropeptide oxytocin. Um, basically, just in plain English, this is going to lead to higher levels of oxytocin, which that's what's present in mothers when they're breastfeeding with a baby and it helps form that chemical bond. It's not just a friendship. That is a chemical reaction in your brain. That is, that is a next level relationship. You see that in soldiers that are willing to die for their brother next to them that they've been fighting with built up that, that oxytocin level and they just love each other more than themselves almost. Um, number four, since oxytocin is linked to key processes relevant to team sports, such as empathy, trust, generosity, altruism, cohesion, cooperation, and motivation, it's an important biopsychological basis for expert performance. That's basically just a fancy way of saying these deep emotional bonds improve everyone on your team's performance, and everyone's going to play better. The next one. There's, there's documented benefits to this positive emotional state that applies directly to success in team sports. So why is it important to stay optimistic? Why is it important to stay positive? It increases motivation, commitment, how much you enjoy the sport, attentional control, cognition, your function with other people, your attention duration, your memory, your decision making, your judgment, all things that are beneficial on the athletic field, obviously. And then six, the last one, research has shown that the display of body language affects athletes' confidence, competitiveness, and focus. Think about that for a second. The way you act on the field, the way you carry yourself on the field, affects confidence, competitiveness, and focus. So you not only affect your teammates, but you also affect your opponents also. Absolutely. You go way back to one of our first episodes when we talked about uh, getting into the blocks on a, uh, on a track meet. And if you got this positive body language, your, your opponent's going to see that and say, hey, this, this dude's for real. Like He thinks he, he's got a chance. And so there you can see the effect on the opponent just from that example. Absolutely. So, so with, with body language and with, are you staying positive? Are you staying optimistic? Or are you just throwing a pity party for yourself? You know, 
a lot of times when you tell an athlete, hey, we want you to stay positive, they might think, yeah, okay, that's nice. But when you can show you can show them the research behind, look, when you have bad body language, you're increasing your opponent's confidence and you are decreasing your teammate's confidence. When you have bad body language, you are increasing the competitiveness of your opponent because they're thinking, oh, we got these guys. And you're decreasing the competitiveness of your teammates because they're now thinking, I don't know if we can do this. And then focus also. So, you know, obviously something that is incredibly important, not just for you, but for your entire team. I even think about it. That stands out to me a lot on the football field. It's like when a guy just gets lit up across the middle and that defense is all fired up, and then there's two thing, two ways it could go. That that receiver could just lay there and slowly get up, and the defense is just all fired up because yep. they know they've gotten into that dude. Yep. The team has seen that, like just imposing their will on him. Uh, but then on the other side, a dude gets lit up, and he just hops up and runs back, and then that, that defense is like, well, well, maybe maybe we aren't in as much power as we think. Maybe yeah. that maybe that hit wasn't as big. Absolutely. And, and maybe this team is for real. They're pretty they're pretty tough, uh, and so that body language just carries so so much uh, on the effect on the opponents. Absolutely, and you can you talked about this last episode. You can fake it till you make it, and you can just decide ahead of time. Look, this is how we are going to react in situations. Um, one of the most incredible examples of that that I've ever seen in real life was Chris Creighton, who was coaching football at Wabash College at the time. And here I am, a young freshman, and he says, all right, now when we turn the ball over on our side of the 50, and the, the other team's you know, about to go in and go score, statistics say that here's the percentage chance that they have of scoring, and then here's the impact that has on the game. And I don't, I don't remember all that, but we obviously know it's bad when the other team gets a turnover and they're about yeah. to go in and score. And he said, so what we're going to do instead of having a pity party for ourselves, we are going to go nuts on the sideline. And I kind of looked around like, that's the dumbest uh-huh. thing I've ever heard. And so we're in a game. I don't even remember who we played. And I'm not kidding you. We fumbled the ball at the 20-yard line, and you would have thought we just won the Super Bowl. The sideline went nuts. We erupted in just guys jumping up and down, cheering, screaming. The fans were doing it. The sideline was going nuts. And the other team stopped their celebration. They were all excited. They got all this momentum. They had all this optimism. They're like, yeah, we're going to score. And they were so flustered by it and so confused by our response that they literally ended up burning a timeout to avoid a delay a game penalty. Wow. To make a, make a long story short, we, we did end up stopping them. Um, they, they attempted a field goal. They just shanked the field goal. But, but that was when I decided, wow, this is, this is legit. Like we just said, we're going to take all this momentum that you just built up. We are going to take that away from you, and we are going to generate our own by being optimistic and saying, hey, it doesn't matter if we turn the ball over at the 20-yard line because we know that we can make the next play and we know that our defense can get a stop here. As always, we've got resources online at mentaltrainingplan.com slash podcast uh, where you can find some good stuff about optimistic perfection that, uh, from today's episode. Now, you know, that's it for uh, season one. And we've got some great stuff ahead in season two. Ben, what, what, what's some stuff we could preview 
for for everyone to get ready and get excited for season two. So we've got some some interviews set up with different athletes and coaches. I'm really just talking about now. All right. So we've learned some of these skills. We've learned some of these tools. What's this actually look like in competition? What are how are athletes actually using this? What's gone well? What hasn't gone well? A um, couple other surprises in store too. So going to be a good season. Hopefully you guys are also excited to hear from it as well. Uh, in the meantime, make your plan, put it to work. <laughs>